Seaver here. Hey, Pink Floyd fans, make it a point to listen right around 4.20 during the 90-minute free ride home later this afternoon to snag tickets to catch Nick Mason, founding member of Pink Floyd, performing in Chicago for the first time since 1994 on April 4th at the Chicago Theater. Jan and me, we'll be here after 2. 97.1 FM, The Drive, Chicago's classic rock. I'm Seaver with another installment of The Drive's Rock and Roll Interviews podcast. And uh, this time, I have the pleasure of speaking with pioneering country rock artist Richie Fure, member of both the great bands Buffalo Springfield and Poco, and of course, Solo, and other uh, amazing projects over the years. Uh, Richie, welcome. Hey, thanks, Steve. It's good to talk to you. Uh, now, I do want to talk about the uh, documentary that you are working on. I've been checking it out, what is out there. It's uh, entitled, at this point, uh, Through It All, The Life and Influence of Richie Fure. Tell us about the film, the progress you've made, and uh, anything else that pops into your head. Well, we've certainly done a lot of, a number of, of interviews for this project. It was uh, actually the, the brainstorm of David Stone and Denny Klein, um, David works with me as my manager, and Denny's a, a good friend. And they uh, they just thought, you know, that the story had not been told or documented, that it was a pretty interesting story that I have. And so they wanted to um, uh, they wanted to go ahead and, and, and see if we could uh, get this documentary done. And so we, we actually contacted Cameron Crowe, and he has worked on the trailer with us. And whether he'll be a part of the project or not, I don't know. But um, I was Cameron's first interview or one of his first interviews way back in the day and, and he was really quick to uh to get on board with us so we'll just see how that turns out but i'm looking forward to it the interviews that have gone down we just did a a show at the troubadour in los angeles in november where my band recorded the entire Deliverin album that poco recorded 50 years ago and uh, got a lot of interviews uh during that time and so you're just piling it on and see how it all turns out. You know, you don't know um, until you give it a try. So we're giving it a try. See if uh, we can get enough uh, interest in people helping us out to um, to get on board with us on this. Now, I did uh, see the uh, Cameron Crowe teaser video, and it uh, mm-hmm. does paint a very nice picture on what is to come. Uh, now, you say it is under development. It has not begun to be put together, and uh, apparently you need a little help. Yeah, we do need help. Uh, we have shot quite a bit of video for it, not only live from the band, but also interviews. But, uh, yeah, it is, a, it is a, as you would say, a work in progress right now. And I am going to uh, post uh, links to this work in progress, and uh, maybe we can uh, entice some of our listeners to be, um, you know, they can actually sort of take uh, a little piece of ownership in your documentary, because I know you've got a lot of loyal fans out there, but there are also those who may not know uh, your entire story. Now, uh, I read uh, that this is a great story, and you can elaborate on it. Um, during an Eagles concert a number of years ago that you were at in Denver, Colorado, uh, Glenn Fry was on stage and pointed you out. Yep. Mm-hmm. What did he say? Yep, Glenn well, he just acknowledged the fact, you know, that uh, that my groups. Um, I mean, and he should because he's got he had two bass players in the band with him that uh, <laughs> that I uh, that I had in Poco. But he, he just made a very nice acknowledgement, you know, that they, because of what um, we had pioneered, my groups had pioneered, that the Eagles were able to do what they're doing, and uh, so. 
So it was a, it was it was really a sweet um, a sweet little acknowledgement. Well, what he basically he, he said he I think basically what he said was we wouldn't be here if it weren't for <laughs> Richie Furet. Uh, well, just, that's what he said. That's what he said, <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that got out. Uh, it is a beautiful tribute. So, you know, Glenn, Glenn actually came uh, when I was rehearsing Poco way back in 1969 uh, and sat on my living room floor while, uh, while we were rehearsing. So uh, uh, I guess he learned some uh, some things here that maybe I needed to go back and, and readdress myself. Oh, man. That's true. That's a great yeah. story. That's a great story. Now, the fact that, uh, you know, Glenn Fry had to point you out is semi-bewildering to people who know your work. Um, it's bewildering in that um, you were with Neil Young. You were with Stephen Stills in right. uh, Buffalo Springfield, later with Jim Messina of Loggins and Messina, and Randy Meisner of the Eagles in Poco. Um, tell us about the internal struggle you had being a peer of these guys, yet not being a household name like those guys well you know Steve, i think it's the fact somebody has to pioneer these things and uh, poco is definitely a pioneering group um and then i stepped away from the music business for almost i'm probably about 10 years and um so you know i mean people people how quickly they forget mm-hmm. you know and so um it's, and I keep a very, I've always kept a low profile through it all. Uh, that's why I moved out to, uh, to the mountains of Colorado. You know, I just didn't need um, that kind of exposure. You know, it's kind of like protecting my family and, and all. And so we, um, you know, I just wanted to, to get away. But um, stepping away from the music business for 10 years, you know, people forget. And who knows what would have happened if my career path had taken me um, you know, straight on through, but I decided, you know, I felt a calling from uh, from the Lord and, and moved on in some different directions and then, you know, started music up again. Um, growing up in Ohio, like you mm-hmm. did, um, who did who did you look up to as a child? Who gave you inspiration? Well, you know, the Rockabilly bands, I think, you know, like Buddy Holly and Gene Vincent and Carl Perkins and those guys were a big influence, but then the doo-wop singers, too. So, I, I mean, I had a mixture of stuff going on in my mind and my heart. But actually, the, the one person, if I had to put my finger on one person and I said, boy, if he can do this, I can do it, too, it was watching Ricky Nelson on the Ozzy and Harriet show. I just really, I don't know why, man, it just really got to me and... Little did I know, you know. I mean, here we're looking at a Hollywood family here, but I, like, and it wasn't. It wasn't if he can do this, like as if, well, gosh, this guy is any good. Because I really, really liked him. I liked uh, Ricky Nelson was a big influence. Well, it's 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 interesting that you would say that because um, as I as I listen to uh, and I have some Ricky Nelson and I pull it out sometimes and my wife goes, "What are you doing?" But anyway, I love <laughs> I I do I love it, and he's got such a pure voice and. You have just this pristine, pure voice, and um, I, I know you still have it because you're still out there touring. So you guys kind of have a similar sound. Yours is yours, but it's interesting that you would compare those two. Um, yeah. It, yeah. So uh, I, I'm talking with Richie Fure of uh, Poco and uh, Buffalo Springfield and Solo and other bands. Now, uh, Richie, you uh, you found your way to New York City, and then mm-hmm. you were persuaded by... Stephen Stills to move out to California. Now the stories of those years must be good. 
Well, you know, it was a lot of fun, and it was a history looking back on it. Stephen and I were in a band, if you can call it that, uh, back in New York together called the Go-Go Singers. Like a house it band. Like a, yeah, it, and we were. We were the house band at the Cafe at Go-Go. Uh, you know, the group of nine uh, New Christie Mitchell serendipity singer type uh-huh. band. And then when that group broke up, Stephen went off to California and the way I got in touch with Steve to get back in California, a friend of mine who lived across the street from me in New York when I had moved up to uh, uh, Massachusetts, um, and I was working at Pratt & Whitney Aircraft in Connecticut, of all places, but uh, Graham Parsons brought me the Birds' first record. Oh. And when I heard that record, it was like, wow, i got to get back in the music business. And wow. So I got a hold of Steve, and, and he said, yeah, come on out to L.A., i got a band together, all I need is another singer, and... Sure enough, I got out there, and Stephen and I were the band. <laughs> that is an incredible. Graham Parsons is is in your was in your orbit. Boy, that's uh, oh yeah, he that's... lived across the street from me in New York, and uh, good uh, a good friend at that time. That's fantastic. So um, you uh, continue to write songs. I I, I would assume the uh, creative process mm-hmm. is it's a mm-hmm. mystery uh, even for you. I would imagine. What is yours like? Meaning what, Steve? I'm not sure what you're saying. Well, when you're writing songs, do you do you pick up a guitar or do you write the words first? I mean, I'm just curious. You know, it comes both ways for me. Um, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll sit around and tinker around with a with a little guitar pattern and a melody will come. Sometimes, like right now, uh, I, I've had more lyrical ideas come than musical ideas because I still write. I mean, my most recent recording was Hand in Hand, which was released just several years ago on on E1, yeah, and uh, so, I mean, I, I still, I currently write, I have to, it kind of keeps me fresh and keeps me young, I mean, I love playing um, a lot of the old music that uh, that I've been involved with in the bands, uh, Springfield and, and Poco and Southern Hill and Ray, but um, I have to write new music, and so, yeah, sometimes the creative process, you know, I'll just be taking a walk, and a lyrical idea will come in my mind, and I'll I'll jot it down and think about it and and then come back and see if, you know, there's a melody that goes with that. And sometimes, uh, sometimes the melody and, and the first line of a song will come out together and I'll just go from there. So it's it's nothing that is really a, a pattern yeah. that I can say, hey, this is how I do it. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's different okay. <laughs> each right. time. Well, I do want to circle back and um, get back to the documentary that you're working on mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, once I post this, uh, podcast. Well, people listening to the podcast will know that it's posted because they're listening to it. But it will be the link back to your uh, to your uh, fundraiser. Is it is it a GoFundMe? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is what, GoFundMe. Uh-huh. You can just ju- people can just jump right in and uh, take ownership of the uh, the uh, documentary that is under development. It's called Through It All: The Life and Influence of Richie Fure. And I and I wish you all the luck. Uh, getting this done, and I'm excited to see it when uh, when it finally does come out. But uh, I, I want to wrap this up and say what a pleasure it was to speak to you, uh, the great uh, country rock pioneer Richie Fure. All the best of luck to the uh, to the upcoming documentary, and I hope we gave you a little bit of a hand. Oh, I think Steve, you did marvelous, man. Thank you so much. And tell people, you know, just go visit me at www.richiefure.com and say hi.